Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather. This is your girl, AJ, the Suburban Princess. Feeling confused, a little out of it. The playoffs have not come out the way I thought. With the exception of the San Francisco win, I didn't think the Vikings had it. I still think they're missing uh, not only healthy players, but just, I don't know, something about Kirk Cousins when it comes to big games he still hasn't gotten over that hump but it seems to be a common trend now because with my Carson going down early before he even got a shot to even win a playoff game um, now my favorite MVP that I thought hands down was going to keep going was Lamar Jackson his squad let him down big time his wide receivers were out of position or not getting separation the Titans were just great covering them I mean no matter what happened if Lamar had to run that much and throw over 49 passes it was probably going to be not a good night for them I don't know what uh, coach Harbaugh was doing I don't know if he just decided to go conservative for this first um playoff run and or not first actually because Lamar was in the playoffs last year when he took over for uh, Flacco but I just feel bad for Lamar because I know that he was doing what he could do and only reason he probably even got sacked or maybe through interceptions is because he couldn't get on the same page with his wide receiver core at all and it's sad because I think Lamar deserved to push on and prove everybody wrong who let him drop in the first round of uh, the draft but I guess that's just going to be his Achilles heel now because just like Carson, he has to deal with the fact that once again, the NFL has kind of done him dirty by getting him popped in the head and still not getting a call for roughing the passer. I don't care if he's a runner or not. I think the rule is bogus. And I think now the NFL is just making up stuff because they they know the refs didn't see it or they chose not to see it. I don't know. I'm at this point where I think that there should be a 30 for 30 documentary on how these refs are getting trained because I really don't think they're doing anything but reading something and then forgetting what their calls are when game time approaches. I think it's crap. Um, and, you know, stranger turn of events with the weather being ridiculously warm for January. Um, I'm feeling like anything can happen. And at this point, anything might as well happen because it's not that interesting anymore. Um, I'm rooting for a lot of guys that are technically playing each other and technically can't play in the Super Bowl. But I mean, coming from the same division or the same conference, but I want Deshaun Watson to shock the world and beat the Chiefs, but I don't see it happening because all season he's been lucky to even win with uh, O-line that doesn't hold for him and only one wide receiver who can really get open and that's DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't see the Texans winning, but I want Deshaun to have at least a decent shot. But if Mahomes turns the ball over or if Andy has some dumb call, which doesn't really help the team in the fourth quarter, you know, the Deshaun and company can still possibly win this game. Now, the thing that makes me angry about the NFL right now is there's a lot of questionable calls that have pretty much determined a lot of games this year. And hence the reason why the Patriots went out so quickly. I mean, they should never have had to be playing wildcard weekend. I mean, that's beneath them. But what it did indicate was that it was, it's time for Tom and Belichick to part. Um, Tom obviously wants to still play. Um, seems like Belichick has moved past, or at least what they're implying is that the Patriots have kind of decided it's time to, uh, move past Tommy, but you can only get that hint from Tom's press conference where it seemed like he was talking about the Patriots and himself as two separate entities. So, you know, whatever happens, him being a 41 or 40 plus quarterback is not really the issue at this point, other than the fact that for most of the season, he played pretty lethargic, 
but he also again did not have any wide receiver help outside of Edelman and now Edelman's tripping because the latest story with him is that he has been arrested or uh, charged with jumping on somebody's car or something and who knows if it was a traffic violation or whatever happened but apparently that's the latest story with Edelman so Edelman's got a little bit of a screw loose and maybe uptight because maybe he's getting crap from people in Boston for losing I don't know um it's definitely time to turn the page on the Patriot dynasty uh six rings is enough for me (laughs) I didn't feel like even seeing them in the Super Bowl last year and that boring that was a very boring Super Bowl and if the Rams decide to get it together if they go back there they better finish the job instead of looking so wide-eyed and and, you know confused should I say deer in headlights that's what I mean to say but the point is this weekend has not really uh come out the way I wanted it to so I'm not gonna be shocked if the same thing happens with these two last games because I pretty much thought Lamar had it in the bag I thought the Ravens were going right to the Super Bowl no matter what and now I have to find out that it could possibly be Andy Reid. It could possibly be the Titans. You just never know. I mean, the Titans played like they had their hair on fire and they played like their coach was literally playing his last game. So they just looked hungrier. They ran the ball. They had Derrick Henry, who just has been breaking all types of records this year. He's a huge running back. And honestly, Mark Ingram was not truly Mark Ingram during this game. So if he's hurting and then you don't use your other running back as much and you make Lamar throw that much because that's desperation, I guess, the game was pretty much lost. And it's pretty much what we've seen as Eagles fans all year with Carson having to be put in ridiculous positions because his wide receivers either don't know where they are or can't get separation or Carson's overthrowing them or underthrowing them. And the good thing about Carson is he didn't throw as many interceptions total for the season as much as Lamar did in this one game. And that's the one plus as to how they're different. But growth wise, I mean, Lamar is 23 years old. He is he has grown leaps and bounds in a short amount of time. He had half of regular season to even play or maybe he played mostly in the postseason for Flacco. But I don't don't remember now, but he was already in the playoffs last year and, and he just threw pick after pick. So I think to most fans who aren't really fans of his, you know, they just see more of the same. But to me, I just see a guy who his squad decided to kind of tap out on him. You know, even Mark Andrews was dropping balls and, you know, he had an ankle issue. So you you can only be as good as you can as you can be and play for your quarterback if your quarterback can't find you in time. I mean, Lamar is still juking people, but if he has no one to throw to and he can't get free because, you know, the Titans players are on his ass. I don't know how you expect that whole team to come out there, but it was a weird score. I mean, 28-12, I mean, that they, they very much could have gotten in that game in the last couple minutes, but they were very modest. And I think the times that they were trying to fight for that stupid fourth and one with a quarterback sneak and it wasn't working, Harbaugh should have kicked the ball. I mean, they probably could have been six points higher and they could have been at least within a score had they just kicked a couple times instead of trying to go for it. There are times where coaches do take gambles and there's a time where just you have to realize if it's not working the first time, it's not going to work the second time. Let it go. Move on. And I think that times that there are coaches, especially Doug Peterson, too, that like to stick to their plan because they feel like it didn't work this time. It'll work again and we'll try it again. And sometimes you just have to say, no, you only have so much time. Switch it up now. You know, it's not going to work. 
And those are the things that burn me up about coaching sometimes that can cause a team a whole season for stupid decisions they could have just changed in the second half that didn't work in the first. I don't understand why coaches are married to the same type of play. You know, if you know it's not working with running the ball, throw a little bit, but then go back to running it because eventually the other team gets tired. And if you keep running it, eventually they'll get tired of defending it. So I don't know if the Ravens just thought they could just literally rust on Lamar the whole game, but... That was one of those moments that you shouldn't really rely on someone who's 23 years old just because, yes, he has grown loops and bounds and he's he's broken a lot of records for a quarterback. But in playoffs, it's a different speed. You're going against a different team and you just should have just thought a little bigger, you know, and now you have to sit there and watch another team take your spot. That really probably won't go further than this weekend. I don't I would be shocked if the Titans even got further than next weekend and if they win the conference. You know, it's their year. Good for Ryan Tannehill, but he wasn't a factor. Um, Derrick Henry pretty much literally put the whole team on his back. Um, Kenny Vaccaro, as fine as he is, he was a good safety and he got a good pick. I mean, you know, they were just all balls to the wall with this team. And so they lived up to their name, the Tennessee Titans. And hopefully if they do make it, they might as well go in and take it all, you know, because Miami is probably the best time to go to a Super Bowl, especially in weather that we don't know day to day what's going up here up north. That is the perfect time to go to uh, Miami is in February. And trust me, if I won tickets, I don't care who be in the game. I would still probably go. Now, I need I say all this to say I really wanted to transition into the Sixers because we're we're heading towards a part of their season where it's obviously becoming a code red because with Embiid gone with the hand surgery and his broken finger and having to, uh, even though his surgery was successful, it's obvious his presence is missed. But then there are times when Embiid's in there and then you kind of feel like he's kind of causing a lot of confusion uh, with Ben and the others in terms of space of spacing. Now, if this issue doesn't go away by the end of this year, uh, coach has to be fired just because his strategy is not working. Um, it seems like at times there are too many big men. And I remember hearing people say that when they did get, um, Al, uh, Al Horford and, and the other guy, uh, Josh Richardson, people were saying that there were a lot of big guys, but there's no real defense and there's no real, well, there's no real offense. And obviously with the issue of Ben deciding not to really come through shooting wise and just deciding to stick to what he knows, it's a, it's a killer every time because every game is winnable when he decides to take those shots. And the few times he does, it's like, okay, great, but why can't you go back to that later? It's like his first instinct is to be the guy to get the ball to the actual shooters. I mean, when Mike Scott's hot, it's great, but it's not as often. Um, When Josh Richardson is hot, he's good, but he doesn't always show up the next game. The problem is there's a lot of guys that are inconsistent, and Al wasn't really hitting all his shots last night either. So if you got guys, especially Toby, who get hot in the beginning and then fade, or if you don't have other guys picking you up when you're fading in time, you're going to lose a lot of games by 10 points, and which is what they did. I mean, the Mavericks aren't that good, but if you have a former player in Boban Marjevic, who's Toby's best friend, but I'm sure he hates him now because he realizes both times at home and in Dallas, they have been beat by the Mavericks because of... I don't know, just not good strategy in those last minutes. And I think at times that Ben has to look at himself and say, you know, I hate that this always has to come down to me because I really have worked my butt off most of the game. And the fact that these other guys can't show up when they can, it makes me look even worse. And at the end of the day, yes, Joel Embiid's three-point shooting would have helped probably at those times. But then 
you know, is Ben holding back and passing to people when he could have just taken the ball, which at one point Mike had grabbed a rebound and passed it to him, like do something with it. And he ended up getting it stripped because he was thrown off. And that shouldn't be his first instinct. His first instinct should be throw it up. You know, who cares if it lands or not, just throw it up. And those are the moments that Ben has to realize he has something about his game that is is not going to get him an all-star again this year because people are seeing it it's blatantly obvious when you have times when your shooters don't shoot and then Ben is deciding not to use that as his last resort then you're not going to win games and people are going to automatically um lose respect for you because you're not a total point guard I mean I've seen the voting for the all-star for the second round and, and Ben's like way down for guards because a lot of people can see now that he's not truly a pure guard. And maybe his interpretation of a guard is different from when he left college. I don't know. But his lack of extra extra effort when it really matters in terms of shooting is, is going to be a constant issue. And it's not going to keep the fans interested after a while because they're going to realize it's not Ben. I mean, it's not Brett. It's Ben. And maybe Brett has coddled him. And again, it's going back to me thinking of the even though people don't like when I compare the leagues, but it makes me think of how Donovan was treated in the Eagles. Like if he never was held accountable totally for what he didn't do at times because he did all this other stuff well, then that's the problem. I mean, I think the difference with football and basketball is that football is kind of obvious when there's no effort. Basketball, you can kind of hide it a little bit if you have other players who are just as good. But I think with football, it's blatantly obvious when the person who is expected to do the work, the quarterback, doesn't come through. It's obvious that he's the he's the weak link. Basketball, you can kind of play it off because if even if you are that position, you can kind of be a hybrid position and you can become a defender. You can become offense, whereas QB is just offense, you know. So even if it becomes blamed on the quarterback, just like Carson had to deal with. I think that basketball is harder because there's no real true leader on the Sixers. It's supposed to be Embiid. It's supposed to be Ben. But there are times where both of them top tap out and they rely on Tobias or they rely on Mike or they rely on Ennis. And it's just if all of them are all losing it at the same time, <laughs> you're not going to win games. And the, the problem with the Sixers is I don't care if it's middle of the season now. It's like all these wins are costing you places in the roster. Like they're dropping in every other game. Now they're sixth place and they should be in third right now. Boston's not that good. They've swept them. So if they can only beat the weaker teams and they can't beat the guys that have a little bit more um, defense or offensive or basically base better shooting, then they need shooters. So as much as I'm scared to even think of it, I wouldn't be shocked if Mike Scott got traded. It sucks to me, but I think that he has value enough to get on another team and be valuable on a bench that has a better uh, situation in terms of fit. And I think that's been the issue since Jimmy left. And even before Jimmy came, the issue was fit. And I don't know if that's something that they can overcome or if this coach is just not clever enough at this point in his career to get creative. And I think, again, linking it to the Eagles because everything to me is all related in a way. Um, Doug Peterson needed to be more creative with his offense, no matter who was the wide receiver, because honestly, they made it work in those last couple games when it counted to get into the playoffs. But why Doug couldn't think of that earlier in the season where they could have had a better record and at least finished 10 and six is beyond me. Um, I don't care who you have practiced or who you haven't at this point, you're kind of just throwing things against the wall and see if they stick anyway. So you might as well just do it in the middle of the season. And I think the problem with 
some of these coaches are they're stubborn and they believe in this league you should stay you should stick to what you know because then you look like you can't make a decision but it's obvious you can't make a decision Brett because you don't know who to put in at crucial moments and hence the reason why I keep seeing Korkmaz out there and even if he does throw a three up or whatever and it works that's fine and great but he he's still weak on defense and he's still not one of those players that looks like he truly belongs unless he's having a hot streak with three with a three-pointer that's it He's still not impressive to me, and he's still one of those guys between him and Neto that need to go. And, you know, if they do trade Mike Scott just because, you know, he's cooled off as of this most of this year, he's been sporadic. I don't know if maybe he's just losing himself in the in the roster or maybe he's not. Um, I'm thinking maybe he might have still have an issue with the planner issue because I know plantar fasciitis is a bitch and sometimes it flares up and sometimes it costs you a lot of strength in your legs. So maybe sometimes when he's ready game time after practicing, maybe he just doesn't have it. I don't know. But, I mean, I still love him to death. I'm obsessed with him. I think he's gorgeous. But I, as a player, I do see his weaknesses are coming out a lot more than his strengths. And I wish he would shoot more, but his defense has been a little better. But honestly, I can see why guys want him traded. Like, they don't feel like he contributes anymore. And I don't know if that's just him or just because, like I said, the fit. Like, I do feel like maybe there are more guys taking minutes for him, and that's why they put him in the starting roster last night. But one time, when the last few times I remember him being starting on the roster, he he made an impact, and I don't know why. I think it just comes down to the opponent, I guess. Because um, Luka wasn't even that much of a threat until the last part of the game when the, when the Sixers started getting all messed up on their... Uh, they just didn't have a flow. And so that's the only time Luca really capitalized because Ben was on his ass. So Luca's not a threat to me. Um, and then when they play the Pacers again, they got to figure out how to get Embiid um, less timid against their center. Because even though Embiid's not a factor probably now until like March, um, they just got to figure new ways out to use each guy on this team. Because... Ben Sliga sliding out of having to shoot um, unless he's on a certain corner is ridiculous. But if they mess around and get him, and get him to be traded, that wouldn't shock me. But organizations have too much pride when they just invested in um, someone who is a commodity in, in other ways. But it's just annoying because if this whole sub- subject of him not shooting wasn't even a big deal um, like it became then nobody would be looking at Ben like, you know, giving him the side eye, like, I think he's weak. Because he's not. He has ways that he makes the game look like magic, and he has a way of making um, his uh, speed and agility um, flawless. But then there are times that he disappears and he gets timid. And I don't know if he just loses steam or if he's just trying to not step on all the other players' toes. I don't know. But even without Embiid there, there are times that Ben is just not always going to be able to be the hero. And that's when Tobias needs to show up. And that's when Mike needs to show up. And that's when, you know, the bench needs to show up, period. And they just didn't do it last night. Um, I, I knew from the from the minute I saw that the game was starting to go out of reach in the third quarter, I said, here's they, here they go. They start burning out. And normally it used to be they couldn't finish. Now they can finish, but sometimes they, they can't start or they can't maintain. Last night they just didn't finish. Um... But it's frustrating either way because this team should be a lot better than what they are. And, and, and after a while, you get as a fan exasperated by hoping that they'll get past the first round. And they should really feel like a team that will get to the finals. And they're definitely not that team. But you never know. They could come through in the last, like, 20 games and backdoor everybody and end up in the top five. Who knows? 
but right now it's just kind of frustrating to watch them but it's also frustrating to watch them after you know your eagles are out of the playoffs so you just can't really openly embrace any more losing on these teams right now when you're going through a very beautiful uh, january weekend and all you're watching is the other teams play so it's just as a fan it's a bummer it just is a freaking bummer and um you know every game that the sixers play good they come back and play like crap um Whereas the Eagles, you had a whole week to be pissed about it, and then they either played better or they played worse. But in the last four games or five games, they played better. And had Carson not been taken out early, that game probably would have been a very quick, a very squeaky win, but it would have been a win. Um, so regardless, I'm not losing faith in any of my teams. It's just right now, it's just there's not much to talk about. And I think a lot of people, even on Twitter, are kind of like at a loss as to what we can actually go back and forth about because picking at the details of why this games these games ended the way they did whether it be on the Sixers or the Eagles you know it gets it gets redundant after a while so I'm just at a point as a fan where I'm just kind of just trying to be patient and waiting for the Sixers to just figure it out in time to see them in the playoffs again or I don't know tune out until they figure it out (laughs) It's just hard to be a fan and be diligent at times when you see the effort is starting to um, diminish. And it's just disheartening when, you know, my backup team was the Ravens and now they're out. So I'm just rooting for Deshaun. I'm rooting for Mahomes um, and I'm rooting for Aaron Rodgers. But I'm not I won't be shocked if Aaron Rodgers loses because the Titans are on, you know, they're on a tear. So I won't be shocked if Aaron's gets sent home, gets sent home at his age. But. We'll see. I mean, I'm still goal pack goal, but at this point, nothing will shock me. I mean, the Titans have pretty much figured out, you know, where they need to be. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm sorry, not even Green Bay. And I don't know why I'm saying Titans. Green, Green Bay and the Seahawks, who, you know, took out our quarterback. So, you know, we're more than willing to go pack go today because we want Russell to go down. But I like Russell. Um, he's not the one who hit my quarterback. <laughs> But it's just ironic that so many fans earlier this season wanted Clowney and now he's the main reason why we hate him is because of how Clowney plays. You know, he's always played dirty. He's been known to hit hard, literally. And uh, it's just amazing that he hasn't been suspended for this latest hit and he didn't even get suspended hitting Nick last year. So, yeah, those are my thoughts for right now. I just feel like there's this level of complacency now is, is scary coming into the next season with the Eagles because even with, you know, the coaches finally, the wide receiver coaches getting fired, the idea that Deuce is not even outwardly putting being put out there as a candidate is kind of weird unless Deuce himself is not interested in it and is fine where he is. But I just hope that Doug learns now to evade the questions of a lot better next year because if he's not sure where he stands he should either just say I don't know what's going to happen and I don't want to you know get myself in trouble um I think he had learned how not to talk about injuries because last year he was caught in a a situation where he thought the injuries weren't going to be as bad and they were and so now he has to learn now to not speak about firings and stuff like that and not be such a pansy about when they get let go like if Lori had to stick out there and do the job to make sure they got him they got those coaches out of here it should tell you that Doug is a little bit too sentimental with certain people and it's not just Howie so the problem is the front office needs to bone up but I mean again this is stuff that 
I think most people who live in Philadelphia hate about the Eagles is that their front office has a lot of tendencies to um, get rid of, well, bad habits, should I say, because the draft seems to always set them up for failure at some point. Yes, they've had some hits and some misses, but mostly misses. And it's showing itself at times when they really could win games and they just don't have the legs. And then you have, you know, sentimental value picks that just stay here too long. And some of them undermine their value. You know, maybe Malcolm Jenkins might be back on a a deal he doesn't even want because nobody else will pay that money for him. Um, Jason Peters, if he does move on, I hope he does. Um, I hope he settles for the veteran minimum because I wouldn't rely on somebody who's looks a little, a lot overweight, should I say, and has bad knees and not reliable. So, I mean, Jay Ajayi came on the team and didn't really even do anything for us because of his knees. So it's just, you know, to me, your work speaks for itself. I mean, what was good two years ago is not good now. And you just have to, at some point as a player, you got to accept you have to move on to the next thing. But I'm sure that's easier said than done. And I'm sure that's why, you know, there are a lot of players that, you know, end up investing or end up joining other players and doing other stuff so they can figure out what their next move is going to be because it's not an easy transition you know transitions in any point of your life is not is not is not easy and it's hard on your mental because sometimes you just always think I'm going to play this game forever but you have to think bigger and all of us have to make changes at some point in our lives to um I don't know to just enjoy life you know you have to just put yourself in that position so I'm not, I'm not disappointed totally in this Eagle season, but it was very, very much a roller coaster emotionally. And there's a lot of things that really took us out earlier, but considering how many, uh, 90% of the players were gone and they went with the skeleton crew and still got to the playoffs, that's respectable. And that alone should make every Eagle fan proud just to know that they're, they can, they can work with the, the C and D squad, or they can work with the A squad. So but the point is you have to you have to sometimes I think overcome overcome your coach and I think sometimes Carson had to go against Doug a couple times to get to survive um and there were just times I think every player should do that because sometimes the coaches they're not out there they don't know exactly what you see so communication is definitely the key and I think in eight months we'll hopefully see a new mentality even if we don't see a lot of new faces per se just a new mentality um from top to bottom with this organization because they have the potential to go back to the Super Bowl every year. But will they do it is the question. And that's the question we should all be asking as fans, you know, what is next and what do we do now? So hopefully we just stay positive. It's only 12 days into the new year. And I know I got some goals that I need to start hitting and especially fitness goals. So hopefully all you guys out there won't wallow too much in these losses too long, but just Take care of yourself, take care of your mental, and enjoy the offseason because with social media, there's always news popping. So, And I'm sure I will be definitely podcasting as soon as a lot of those rumors are confirmed and new players come on the team and the draft is over. So there will be stuff to talk about in the next couple of months. But in the meantime, you take care of yourself. Thanks for listening to Birds of a Feather. If you do, um, check me out on Spotify, podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the stuff. Um, Stitcher, anywhere that they broadcast podcasts. Um, Because I know I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts, especially meditation ones and and self-help ones. So, you know, make use of your time and just bone up on your mental and get yourself in a positive space. Let all the angst and frustration of the season wash away. 
just take care of yourself. It's 2020 turn up time and it's time to take care of yourself and be a healthier, positive fan base as much as you can. Yeah, jokes aside, memes aside, but you got to live your life the best way you can. Okay, guys? So fly equals fly. Take care of yourselves. And I will talk to you next podcast. AJ, the suburban princess, birds of a feather. I'm out. Take care. Thank you.